everybody out there in podcast land. I'm Suzanne A. Wells, and this is episode number 116 of eBay the Right Way. My guest is Emily in Michigan. A few announcements this week. The 2023 calendars, now that we are six months into 2023, I have discounted the calendars to $15. There is a lot of helpful information in the calendars, so even purchasing mid-year will be beneficial. The link to my eBay store is below the podcast. The second announcement is about one-on-one consulting. I get a lot of requests for these, so I have created a way to do that through the Premium Library where you can book a 30-minute Zoom call to talk with me directly. If you aren't a Zoomer or don't want to be on camera, we can have a regular phone call. I completely understand that some people just want to speak with an experienced eBay seller for a variety of reasons. So I'm available for you. And your session will be recorded, whether you choose Zoom or the regular phone, and emailed to you so that you don't have to worry about taking notes or remembering what we discussed. You will have the recording to refer to as long as you want. The link to book a consultation is also below the podcast. And finally, there is a lot of buzz about the upcoming changes to first-class mail within the USPS. Yes, this is happening, so it is not fake news. You can refer to the document from the Postal Regulatory Commission titled, USPS Notice of Changes in Rates and Classifications of General Applicability for First Class Package Service. This came out in February of 2023. I have a link below the podcast to that document so that you could take a look at it. The changes will go into effect on July 9th, 2023. And before you go into a panic, just realize this is just change. Nothing to be afraid of or worried about. We will all adapt. The new service is going to be called USPS Ground Advantage. And to quote that document, the Postal Service believes a new brand name is needed that better suits a comprehensive ground package offering up to 70 pounds. The Postal Service expects this classification change to have a positive impact on existing users of the Postal Service's ground package offerings and will have a minimal impact on competitors and the broader package market. Customers, competitors, and the broader market will benefit from improved brand clarity. So this sounds like it's going to be a good thing. And as eBay always does, they will transition us seamlessly. In July, you'll start seeing first class called 
USPS ground advantage. So nothing to worry about. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about this out on social media. It's just change. I've seen all kinds of changes in the post office throughout my 20-year eBay history, and everything just works out fine. So we're all in this together. Don't worry about it. It's just going to happen. Okay, now that business is out of the way. Let's hear from Emily. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. Today, we have Emily with us. And um, Emily, you are located where? I am in Michigan. Um, I'm in Whitmore Lake, which is like just outside of um, like the Detroit metro area. Okay. Yep. Um, I grew up in, you know, closer to the Detroit metro. So we just moved a couple years ago out this way and. Yeah, we live right off of a lake. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, our, our neighborhood has lake access, so it's really great. Yeah. Well, the interview before you was with Don, who is also in Michigan. Oh. Oh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Two in a row. <laughs> Just get us all, you know, get three you would the make it better. Right. <laughs> I've had other people from Michigan. I After a hundred plus of these podcasts, I kind of forget where people are. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know how it is. So, okay. So we will start off with learning about what brought you to eBay and when. Oh man, there it's a long, I mean, not really long detailed, but it, it was a long journey to get to reselling the way I am now. Um, my eBay account says I started in 2009 uh, with an eBay. And, um, I remember, I don't even know how I came to this conclusion. It might've just been like, um, going thrifting myself. We always went thrifting growing up, you know, usually for costumes and usually for like really funny things. And we'd try on a mix match outfit, you know, um, sometimes my mom would get things for decorating and stuff. So we've always enjoyed thrifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think at one point in college, I was just at the thrift store and I kept seeing like American Eagle jeans and it was so big for me and my friends. And so I was like, man, like, all of these jeans here and I know how much they cost. Like I, I could probably sell them, you know, at the time it was like probably $5 for a pair. And I would, I was like, I could sell these even if it's 10 or $15, like I can make a little bit of money here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I loosely started doing that like in 2009 ish and, you know, take the wood background photos on the ground, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. Um, because that was so big. And um, I, did that a few times, but I lo- I almost either broke even or lost money because I did not understand shipping. And they didn't have, I don't feel like they had the padded flat mailer and like stuff like that. No, then. I don't and think they that did. Came, I didn't know about it. That didn't come out maybe until 2012, 2015. Right. I'm, I'm trying to remember where I was in my life when those. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I definitely lost money. I did not know what I was doing. And then, um, I went, that was when I was living at home at college and then I went away to college and I've always had like a job, um, working in sales type positions. I really like that. Okay. Um, Let me, let me jump in and interrupt you Yeah, because we need to know what year you were born. Oh gosh. (laughs) I was born in 89. 
Okay. Um, so are you a millennial? Yeah, I guess I am. I'm, I'm like just on the edge of that. What do they call it? Um, Gen X. The, well, no, there, there's uh something going around where they call geriatric millennials or something. Oh I'm gosh, not like quite the that. One. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because um, just for perspective, because yeah. you are younger and I love getting the young ones <laughs> my podcast because my audience is a I lot considered of young Gen X and baby boomers, people almost retiring. And right. so, I mean, I have everybody in my audience, but right. it's, it's, it's fresh and uh, <laughs> informative for the younger ones to come on because different generations know different things. Right. So, um, I just wanted to establish that before we go any further. So sure. We- sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went away to college and I, I remember my dad was visiting and they went to, there was a Goodwill right down the road from my college. And so they went there for, I think they were checking to see if there was anything they could get for my dorm room. And um, I was working at the time. So yeah, my dad was there and he came back to my dorm later and he was like, you would not believe he said this lady was in front of me in the line and she was talking about how like she found, you know, she was talking to the re- the lady at the register and she was like, oh, did you find anything good today? And the lady was saying like, oh, I found this Kate Spade purse or, you know, whatever it was. She had found a bag and she was like, I can sell this for like $50. And she's like, oh, we're only charging you eight or, you know, whatever it was. And so they were having a, they knew each other, obviously, and they were having a very open conversation about it. And my dad goes, they, people do that. And I was like, well, that's what I had tried before. And I, I failed miserably. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, got married in 2012 and um, trying to make a little extra money, you know, and um, in 2012, we got married and um, I was just looking for extra ways to make money. And I thought, and I, I, that was when Poshmark, like, was getting big. So right. I thought, oh, I'll try Poshmark. And I put my stuff on there and I did all the the cutesy things that they said to do, you know, put some, put like a piece of jewelry with the top and like all the things. I listed a handful of things, nothing ever right, sold. Right, because those were, <laughs> Poshmark's rules for photography are different. Yeah. And you, people were making what's called lifestyle photos. Right. What they would put on Instagram too. So you've got the the top and it's laying on like a fuzzy carpet and it's got, you know, a plant in the background and, right. you know, like maybe a coffee mug, like all the stuff that wasn't for sale, just it's to make it look like a lifestyle photo. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had us, or I was trying to do some of that. And I think I did like five or six things and I was like, I'm exhausted. Like, <laughs> so I listed them. I tried doing the sharing thing. I did not understand it. And then I just kind of let it go and didn't do anything. I think I got an email like a year later, like your item sold. And I was like, I donated that two months ago. Like I, (laughs) it did not work for me. Right. Um, So then in, uh, I was doing um, Leah Sophia. I was uh, reselling or not reselling. I was selling Leah Sophia jewelry at one point. um, And I was doing really well with it. They closed up. Um, They gave everyone 30 days notice. And I was on my way within our team that we had, they had like a three years to six figures type setup. And I was about to start my third year that following month. And I was so sad because I was on the right track to do the things that they said, you know, and I thought, are you talking about selling it through parties? It wasn't online. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then then you had all this stuff left over. Right. Yeah. And I, well, and you couldn't sell your stuff. It was all, you know, you didn't have to buy a bunch of things 
up front. So I liked that, you know, you didn't have to put in a ton of costs like a Mary Kay or something like that would be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had liked that. And, you know, I felt this whole time, like I'm working for myself and stuff. And then it all came crashing down and I realized I'm not working for myself. This is not, you know, and I was hit up by a few different people. Can you, can you do this? Would you like to join it? Would you join in with us? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that again. Um, And they, uh, I ended up taking my jewelry and I did some live, I did like a live Christmas thing where I sold everything I could at the moment because it was, it was right before Christmas that they closed. Um, And so I sold off a bunch of stuff that way, but then I was like, well, I can do this on eBay. This is at least small. It's not going to be expensive and shipping won't hurt me this time. (laughs) You know, like I figured like it's four ounces. It's not going to be that much. Um, And I think I, I think I went back and looked and it was like $1,100 or something that I made in selling off all of that jewelry. And I still have the stuff that I wear all the time. So um, that, that was like a really big, uh, kind of eye-opener for me. And I would kind of go back on and sell things every once in a while if I could, or I'd buy things on eBay, but I didn't do a ton there. And um, I finally, I was doing, uh, I was working at an office job and my boss was terrible. And I was, um, I like literally, it was right when my daughter was, um, I have a six-year-old, almost seven-year-old and a four-year-old. And she was nine months and I went back to work and I went to work at this new job. And, um, I, the, it was so, such an anxiety producing environment. Um, and I could not handle it. Um, and so I got pregnant with my son and I said to my husband, I cannot do this anymore. Like I cannot work for this person and, and be able to, um, go through this pregnancy without having like panic attacks, I don't think. Right, right. So I had quit there. I did a bunch of other little things, DoorDash, shipped and stuff like that to make some extra money. But I finally was like, I can't do this either with a newborn. And um, I finally, uh, I think I was listening to like the Dave Ramsey podcast and he was taught, he interviewed someone who did reselling. And I was like, okay, I have done this in little bits. Like, what if I really did this? And, um, I think that day I talked to my husband about it and he was like, yeah, I mean, I guess if you think you can do that. So I started looking on YouTube and I started watching a different YouTuber and then she mentioned you and then I found, yeah. And I found your channel. And from there, and like you, your teaching style was different than hers. And I much more preferred yours. You were a little bit more positive. And, (laughs) and so I just kind of latched on and it was like a week of binging on all these different YouTubers and um, learning as much as I could. I bought an ebook for shipping because that was my biggest hang up. And, and then I just kind of jumped right into it. I went thrifting um, for reselling in 2019. It was like sometime in January and I was due February 13th, or I had my son February 13th. So I did as much as I could um, before he was born. Um, and actually, I got started with stuff around the house because I didn't want to bite into our budget. We didn't really have the extra money for that. And so I yeah, I listed like 20 things from home and um, sold like made like, tw- I think I had $26. And I went to a Friday, you know, five for five deal at Salvation Army. And um, I was pretty disappointed with what I had found, honestly. But I think I ch- I chose the wrong location. And I've only recently started going back to that store because I was so burned. 
I felt so so burned by that one experience. I think they call that being skunked. Yeah. Just, <laughs> well, I found don't out. Don't find anything. Right. I found out later that they they had a resale shop in the same plaza as them, and I think that they jacked their prices way up to combat those people coming in and like sourcing from them. Um, and that shop has since closed, and their prices are a lot better. Or maybe it's just I know what I'm looking for now too, and you know. Um, so yeah, I started out with $26 and bought like 10 things and, um, and here I am, it's been starting my fourth year now. So, and you juggled that as a, um, were you working outside the home or were you stay at home? No, I, I was completely stay at home at that point. Um, and then I, I had probably like 30 listings in my store by the time my son was born. Um, and I put it on vacation mode or whatever for a couple days or extended my handling time. And then, um, I went thrifting with him when he was two weeks old <laughs> and you're like with a girlfriend of mine, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to put my store on hold. I got to go to the hospital with the baby now. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, that stinks, but <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and so yeah. how many items do you have now? Um, I am, I'm just under 800. I was at 830. And then we had uh, a garage sale um, two weeks ago, and I cleared out a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So you have 800. Is that yeah. where you'd like to stay? No. So my goal has always, not always, I guess, but my goal has been recently to be about 1,500. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that's where I want to stop out at. That's also where I have space for, I think Mm -hmm. we just, um, built shelving in my office. Um, and it gave me so much more space. So I've been bringing in what I can now because I can. And, um, yeah, I've got, it was about halfway full when I had about 750 items. So I was pretty excited about that because that meant I probably can hold up to the 1500. So. So have, as you've increased your inventory, have you noticed that you sell more? I have. Yeah. Um, I, I find, I think it's more, it's more about how many listings I'm doing a day, I think. Cause I have, um, I've been doing for this year, I've been trying to schedule two a day as my minimum. Um, so I'll like schedule out till the end of the month, two a day, and then I'll go back to wherever I'm at and I'll just start tossing in as many listings as I can. And that's when my sales seem to pick up when I've got more like five to 10 listings a day. um, I've been seeing much more of an increase. So that's kind of I just hit my end of the month this last weekend. So everything I've been listing now is going on top of that. And yesterday I had like six or seven sales in a row um, in the evening. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And that was, you know, after having done about 12 extra listings in the last couple days. So, and that's a big question in the eBay community. I know is listing every day. Does that help with the algorithm? How many you list, Mm -hmm. how many you take down and start over again. And right. um, I think the consistency is just, you know, it's like find your rhythm. That's what I've, I have a few friends who have started and that's what I keep telling them. Like, even if it's just Fridays that you're listing, like, if they're seeing that you're putting up new listings every Friday, I think that's beneficial to you. You know, like I, I feel like they just want to see consistency, but for me personally, at least right now, (laughs) it seems like the five to 10 listings a day seems to really increase. And then I see people 
like on Instagram who are like, I've been doing 20 listings a day and I've had no sales. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel good. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, I, I think it's, it just depends on people. I don't know. It's, and it depends on what you're selling, the right. time of year, what category it's in. Yeah. Um, just there's, there's so many variables. I'm kind of an analytical person and I like to try to crack the code on that. Like, yeah, like I'm not smart enough to be, you know, an FBI code breaker. (laughs) I do look for patterns in life on, okay, well, every time I do this, then that happens. And I don't know if you noticed on my YouTube, I'm starting to track how long it takes for things to sell. Mm -hmm. And I've only been doing that, uh, the month of May so far. I'm going to keep doing it. And we're recording this on May 22nd. So, um, so far the average is like 50 days. Okay. It takes something to sell. Sometimes it sells in hours. Sometimes it takes, mm-hmm. hour, but um, I'm going to keep tracking that just to see, because you really are when you're listing, you know, you're front loading the process and right. just that item may not sell for months, but you, you keep it going down the pipeline. Yeah. So work that you did three months ago is going to come to fruition now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a delayed gratification thing. So yeah, sometimes I still have things from 2019, (laughs) just a few, but new people get a lot of sales immediately. And I think it's because the algorithm likes new sellers. It's like, Oh, they're new here. Let's give them preferential treatment. And give them some sales so they'll keep selling. Right. Because they don't want new people to get discouraged and quit. That's not good for eBay's bottom line. Right. Right. So yeah. anyway, that's my speech. Are, are you an analytical person? <laughs> I am. I well, I can't say that I'm analytical. I really like to just know everything that I can about. So I I have um I I was diagnosed with ADHD a few years ago, actually. I didn't didn't know I had it for most of my life. And so I'm finding that new, new things about myself. And uh, that's one of them. It's like, I, I will get like obsessive about finding out something. And then once I find it out, I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, and you know, I'll have the information in the back of my head, but I don't really care anymore. And, um, and so for me, I think like I, you know, I jumped around and did a bunch of different things and I saw that in someone else and didn't like that necessarily. And I was like, okay, I see that in me too. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to find, I want to find somewhere that I can like sit and enjoy the work that I'm doing. And that's why I really like eBay too, because I can learn as much as I need to, you know, with either the library that you have or on YouTube and I can like learn a topic to death. And then it's just in the back of my brain. And if I see it, then I know it, but I don't have to stay on that topic. I can switch to another one. And so I've really enjoyed that. Just like, I don't know, just learning new, new things. So I sell everything. It's not, it's clothing and shoes primarily, but I, I love, um, Anything that, I don't know, I have people who will ask me, like, what do you sell? What do you look for? I'm like, anything that makes me a profit. I don't, as long as it fits in my house. <laughs> well, that's actually a sign of high intelligence when you are constantly exploring the mm-hmm. um, insatiable curiosity about life and things. You know, you're always on to the next thing of, of um, I hate to say like, you know, the next shiny thing, but it's like, oh, you know, I don't really know anything about pottery. I think I'll learn some about that. And then- right. 
then you get tired of looking at pottery and then you move on to, you know, something else. So um, don't beat yourself up about that. Because well, the hyper it's, it's the part, the ADD part comes in where like, I'm not doing the dishes or the laundry. When you're neglecting life, then, then maybe, you, <laughs> you know, to, uh, rain that in a little bit, but you know, having that curiosity, finding the balance is good. Is, is very um, beneficial. What is your professional background? Um, so I went to college, uh, I have a bachelor in art. Um, it was photography and then graphic design was my minor. So I, I did photography for a little bit. So I really like, I mean, I at least have that with the taking photos of product and stuff. Um, I did a course on product photography, which I don't really utilize a ton because I don't have the equipment for it, but that's something that's kind of been itching at the back of my brain lately. It's like, maybe it's time to invest in a light box because, you know, some of the stuff with the glare and things like that, it really bothers me because I know I can do it better. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah it's, also it's, taking the time is I don't always want to do that. You know, is it worth the money to put the time in? If it's something, you know, expensive, then sure it's worth it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to some things that you've sold because you are always posting. <laughs> I love good, to be able to post good <laughs> and high dollar stuff. I think you're in the, the hundred dollar video regularly now, now. Yes. It's, right, it's taken course. a while. Yeah. I know my first, my first hundred dollar. Well, maybe not my first, maybe the first one that I remembered to share though was the um, Burberry trench coat. And it was like, it was my first year. I think it was in 2019 and it was this beautiful maroon cashmere blend Ooh. Um, Burberry trench coat. I found it at a garage sale and it it was in Pinkney, which is basically like the sticks or it used to be. It's a little more built up now. It's where my husband grew up though. And I, I needed, um, we were doing a pool day at his parents' house and I went there, I dropped off the kids. I said, I have to take these packages to the post office real quick, ran down to their post office and drove past the garage sale and went, well, I'll just, I'll just stop and see. And they had like some Chico's and like they had a bunch of clothing just out toward and Chico's mainly. And I thought, oh, this is great. I love Chico's. So I grabbed those things and I turned around to pay the lady and right by her hanging on the ladder was this trench coat and she had $25 on it. And I mean, cause you, you know, you're not going to get the full value of a Burberry jacket <laughs> at, at a garage sale, at a garage sale. Yeah. but she like went for it she was like yeah $25 here it is and um man it was gorgeous and I I gave her like five dollars I said I will be right back I will be right back I want that and she's like oh I'm so glad somebody wanted it it's just been sitting in my closet for years now and I'm like what so um yeah I it took me a month or so to finally list it because I was so nervous about it being authentic. And, and I finally just went, you know what, we'll just put it up and I'll set the money aside when it sells. And I won't, you know, I'll just hold on to it until they give me a good rating or they say like, this is fake. And then I have to send them their money back like one way or another. Um, and it sold overnight. I think it sold for like 250 some dollars. Um, and probably listed it too low now, now like going, you know, but I didn't know better and I just wanted it to sell for a good amount quickly and have it be real like that was my biggest concern was selling something not real so um so yeah and, that was and rightly so uh, account can be shut down other people who do sell that authentic brand they know i mean mm-hmm. some people just for entertainment go through listings and report them if oh. they think the item is fake you know they they <laughs> need more to do but, and then when you list those high dollar items 
Gucci, Burberry, Coach, all those brands, they're like trigger words for eBay to right. listing. Right. So, and a lot of people just don't know that they need things authenticated. They just, right. they, they don't know how much uh, merchandise in the world is faked. Mm-hmm. Sunglasses, blue jeans, um, handbags, watches, those those are the four categories where items are most often faked and easy. Right. So shoes, not so much clothes sometimes, but anyway, you, you were um, smart to take your time on that and do it the right way because you don't even know how many emails I get that, uh, <laughs> Oh, I was kicked off of eBay. I didn't know this thing was fake and now I can't get back on. And their whole account is, Yeah, that that freaks me out, especially at this point, too, where it's like I've established I'm almost to I I just passed 900 feedback. And so I'm like, I'm so close to a thousand. And uh, yeah, I don't want to jeopardize any of that. So um, but yeah, I had found that that was like my first really big exciting find. And then this year I've just had the goal of like having one item a month to be able to post in the hundred dollar thread. And um, I'm I think I've met that almost every month. There might've been one month that I didn't, but um, yeah. So <laughs> well, congratulations on that. You're doing better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I it's, it's, I keep telling people it's God's favor. Like I just, I pray every time before I go out thrifting, I'm like, please just help me find some things that are good. And it's been, um, it's been pretty crazy. So I, the one that I like love the most, um, most recently is the the coat that I've had found the um at another garage sale and taking my son to get his hair cut and um very beginning of garage sale season and I saw a sign for moving sale and we were running we were early we're never early for their haircuts they <laughs> since we moved everything is still where we were you know and so it oh, takes okay. us like 30 minutes to get anywhere I feel like and so um I think we were leaving early and I thought, well, we'll just leave early and, you know, I'll do some listings in the car in her driveway or something if, if it's too much of an issue to come in. And on the way there, I saw this moving sale and I thought, well, we'll, we'll go see, you know, I've got some cash on me. That's fine. And, um, pulled in and it was, you know, like I saw some things that I would have wanted. Um, I had just bought a step stool for my office with the new shelving and they had them for $10. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> That would have been good, but it's a write-off. And uh, went in and I was looking around at certain things and the lady said like, oh, we have books in the back too. You know, we're doing fill a bag for a dollar. And I thought like, I don't know if I want to do books, but I do. Like I've been trying to learn more about, you know, the ones that at least are worth it. Um, And so I'm walking around and I turned and I, it was like right above my eye line that she had hanging on, like they had one of those high ceiling garages and she mm-hmm. had it hanging way up on that. So you could almost not even see it. And it was, um, uh, Antonio Giuseppe was the designer brand. And, um, I just loved the look of it. It was Southwestern. I didn't know the designer at the time. Like it sounded familiar, but I didn't know for sure. Um, and then I, I just liked it had like a Southwest leather detail on a jean jacket. So like the sleeves were denim, the collar was denim, but it had these panels with like a Southwest cactus type motif on it. And I thought that is cool. And I said, well, how much do you want for that? And she said, $5. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) And so I said, well, I'm I'm taking that. And she had a, one of those like fringe buckskin type 
jackets there too for $5. And um, I grabbed them both. And yeah, I listed it. What was it? I found it on a Thursday and it took me a week. I went to a dry cleaner because I thought I want to try and maybe stain treat this. Once I looked it up, I saw like them going for 150 to 200. And I thought, well, if I can, if I can make a little more, maybe I'll try and um, get it dry cleaned. And um, they, they were like, yeah, it takes like a month for them to get it back to us because we have to send it out to a special cleaner because it's leather and and she said and then it's like 80 to 100 dollars and I said "Ah, never mind I won't I won't bother with it I'll list it as is and it had some like staining discoloration on the sleeves which was the denim part the leather was in beautiful condition I thought if someone else wants to risk cleaning this they can because that part's at least cleanable and uh they yeah it sold it, it, it was like that Thursday so it was a previous Thursday that I found it. And then the next Thursday I got it listed and I put it up for $349. And I was at my parents' house and my dad says, oh, that's like, that's high. You don't, he said, will anyone even um, bother sending you an offer with something that high? The, the typical dad <laughs> response. I know. Um, oh, dad, and, you, but at this, you're at dreaming. This point, that's too high. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And he was, he was just like, I don't know what. Uh, that just seems really, that seems really high. I don't even think anyone's going to bother sending you an offer. I said, dad, people send me offers of $3 on things I've got listed for 50. They'll send me an offer. Like it's not. um, So went to bed that night. We, we were staying the night at their house. And so went to bed and woke up in the morning with it paid in full for $349.99. And I, I was like, I told you it would sell. <laughs> so what was your dad's reaction to that? He was just like, I can't believe it. That is so crazy. You know, so they, both my parents were like pretty uh, taken, taken aback by it. But yeah, just really, really awesome. So that and one was. The moral of the story is it was unusual. Yeah. And, you know, it just caught your eye. Mm-hmm. It was, what did you say, $5? Yes. And, and it sold in one day? It sold overnight. Like, I don't ah. even think it was up for 12 hours. And it went to someone in the UK. Um, And so, yeah, I checked out her account. She looked like she was maybe some sort of, like, um, rocker type chick. Because the stuff she was selling and the stuff she was buying and stuff, I, I don't know. I just thought she's either going to keep this for herself or maybe she's going to sell it for more over there. I don't know. But... Um, I don't really care either. So I, I, I know you got money. your money. Go on <laughs> that's to the right. Next thing, right. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then something that was, uh, well, I had found this other, a linen blend or a linen, uh, sweater by Inus Mian, Mian. I'm not sure. It was an Irish brand. And I found that in like January, I think. And that one sold within like a week. And I couldn't believe that. I had never seen the brand, but it said Ireland and it said linen. And I think it was on sale. It was like on half off for like a dollar forty nine, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. And it sold to someone in Florida for like $162, I think. And I was just like, that was in J- I think that was in January. And I was like, yay, my hundred dollar sale. Like my I'm already making it. It's happening. So was was it just a button front? It was not even oh. a button. It was a pullover. It was like a quarter zip mm-hmm. um, sweater. And it was like a really pretty blue green color. I looked it up and the brand typically sells between like five and $900, I think. And um, I don't know who, who donates that, but 
okay. Um, yeah, that that crosses my mind. Like, too. I can't like, even not resell my like you know Gloria Vanderbilt top that I got at a garage sale for myself. I'm like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm going to put it on eBay, but they're donating it. <laughs> like this nine hundred dollars sweater. It's just um. I think there's all kinds of reasons for that. Maybe it's a house clean out after someone dies or um, right. they just, money's no object. Yeah. And well, just, it still had like the tag, you know, some of those more expensive brands have like a little tiny skew tag mm-hmm. sticker on it. It mm-hmm. still had that too. I don't even know if it was ever worn. It looked like it had never been washed and, you know, felt like it had never been washed. It was, it was crazy to me. So um, yeah. and. Uh, you know, we've got the UP here in Michigan. We've got upper the Upper Peninsula, and um, there was something else I had found, and I did not sell it through eBay. I actually sent it to ThreadUp because I was dabbling with that a little bit during, like, COVID and everything. And um, I had found this one brand in the middle of nowhere, and that's – I love thrifting when we go um, – my, my in-laws like to camp at different sites all around – And so I love to find the nearest thrift store. And I I usually take at least one day to go out and thrift. And this one, it was in the middle of nowhere, like so far away. We drove probably nine hours. Um, And and, uh, the one thrift store I had found, they had these brand new, it was a brand called Solano or Solani, Solani. And they had, it was silk and it was like a patchwork print. And there was a blouse and pants. And they wanted $20 for each. And I thought, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's worth it. And they ended up selling. Um, there were two sets. And I am I was kicking myself for not buying both <laughs> both sets <laughs> because I only bought the one set. You know, they had, like, size 8 of a shirt and, a, and pants for $20 a piece. And then they had, like, size 10 or something like that of the same thing. And I only bought the one. And I think they both they both sold for over $100 as well. But that was that was a couple like that was a couple years ago. But I just remember that, and that's what like. And I found um at that same thrift store, I found uh, Miss Sook for the first time. Oh, I love. I that. had never found it. Yeah, and I had never found it before. And I found it there for the first time. And then we go. My family goes to um, Houghton Lake in the middle of Michigan um, every year. And so I went to that thrift store that I always go to. That so there's a Salvation Army there, and I went to that. And I found Miss Suck again. And I was like, okay, so I'm never going to find it in the Detroit metro area. I'm just going to find it in really random pockets of Michigan. <laughs> and for the listeners, the brand is exclusively Missook, M-I-S-O-O-K. And it's like a acrylic fabric. I mean, you can almost tell without touching it. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of copies of that fabric. The one that gets me is that um, Joseph A brand. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I found this. No, it's yeah, this cheap Macy's brand. <laughs> but you can tell by the texture, and it's it's made to be um, the woman who designed it. I, I think that's her last name, but she's Korean, and she designed that type of clothing for um, women who travel because mm. you can hang it up, and the wrinkles fall out right Most of, of the uh, skirts and pants they have elastic waist they're very stretchy and um they're not confining you know like with a button and zipper where it has to fit perfect and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I love that brand and there's a lot of vintage misook out there because I think she invented it like in the 80s maybe oh okay I don't think I've seen that part that. 
but um, yeah, that's, that's why people like it. It's, it's kind of like Chico's, but of much higher quality. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm with you, like it'll show up in the most random places at thrift stores that are not in really affluent parts of town. Right. And you're wondering how it got there. <laughs> oh, they must have had this in their closet for 20 years or something. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's so weird. It. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you have 800 items in your store and you're selling stuff every day. What are some of your best sellers? What kind of things do you look for? Mm, well, I I mean, as far as uh, clothing goes, I, I look for Chico's. I love travelers, especially. Um, and I don't, I'm trying to think bread and butter wise. I like some of the athletic stuff. I'm not, I don't, I hate looking through activewear brands. I like to just find it if I'm just, you know, at a garage sale or a church rummage sale um, or if they've got it in the wrong spot. So the other day I found, I, I like Lululemon. I don't like looking for it. I, I have learned not to pass on it though. <laughs> My first time I ever found it was like the second or third month in of reselling and I didn't get it because I didn't think it would um, do well enough. And it was like, I don't know if you've ever played Euchre, but we play Euchre up here. And we it, they say, if you pass on a bower, you cry for an hour. That's how I felt about Lululemon was I passed on it. And I, I swear I did not find it for a year after that. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to pick it up every time I see it. <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> I, see, I don't find that either. And yeah, I, I like looking for and selling active wear just because it's easier to work with. It's lightweight. It doesn't I like it for those reasons. I don't like so looking through the rack. It's like all, okay. you know, all the black. Like, I just don't want to look. I like looking through black shirts because I like finding Eileen Fisher. Right. I like finding <laughs> like free people. And I feel like those things are in there. So, but yeah, I. I, um, I do, I don't necessarily look for like the trendier stuff, but, um, I, I like the more mature brands personally. I love, if I find, if I find, like, if I go out thrifting and I find soft surroundings, mm-hmm. um, Eileen Fisher, Athleta, mm-hmm. I do prefer, um, but I like like their dresses and stuff, Prana, mm-hmm. um, what else? Chico's. There's like, and a handful of those kind of brands or, um, oh, why can't I think of what it's called? Well, and with Chico's, you have to be kind of picky. You don't yes. just, you yes. don't just get every Chico's you find. Right. No, no. It's gotta like, be the I I, for, embellished and yeah, very the larger sizes stuff or special fabrics. Fabrics. Some of the jackets are pretty stunning. They, yeah. I, mean, they look like I have been, a few that I can't move, but they're well, beautiful. They look, <laughs> the ones that look like they've been bedazzled with all yeah. the, rhinestones and like people like that flashy stuff. Um, but yeah, you don't just pick up every single Chico's you find because, um, I found that out. (laughs) Some of the older stuff is, is like really bad. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I know what you mean, (laughs) but yeah, if I find Asian patterns, like it's got an Asian city on it and it's bright red, like those don't sell for me. No, no. No, it has to be more stylish and sleek, versatile and the larger sizes. Yeah. Like Like the boho looks or the lagging look that stuff does well, especially if it's got like the embellishments on it. I found one that was at one of the um, vacation spot thrift store. I found a size, it was like size three and it was really flowy, beautiful 
top and it had sequins on it or beading on it. I can't remember. And it was a little bit sheer. Could totally work as like a cover up or a blouse. And um, I think I sold that within like a day for $36. And I paid like $4 for that one. So I was like, there we go. Like that's the Chico's I need. And that's, I think when I started to realize like I needed to hone in on the ones that (laughs) were special, you know, or like Ralph Lauren paisley and oversized for it. You know, if you're, if it's, Chico's Travelers, solid black, you know, good um, piece to coordinate with lots of other outfits. And it's a dollar and you can right. sell it for, you know, 20 to 25. Right. That's great. But, you know, I, I would never say like, oh, pick up every, any Chico's you find. No. <laughs> I actually have a, a class on that in the premium library that explains all the different lines. Right. And, um, which ones go for more. But um, I think it yeah. was, is it additions? Is that the, that's an older one? And that one has a following because I sell that one well. Oh, you do? Yeah. When I find it, I actually sell it for a decent amount. I mean, not, not a ton, you know, but, and I'm not paying a lot for it either. And that I think is the biggest thing starting out was like, I'd hear all these brands and I'd, people were getting them at the bins. I had to stop watching bins halls because we don't have ours is three hours away here so I've never been to the Michigan bins I've only been to one bins and it was on vacation in the middle of nowhere in Iowa Mm -hmm. when I was visiting a friend last summer and it was good but it wasn't you know it was Iowa so it still wasn't amazing stuff necessarily you can still maybe find like the nice Carhartt jackets and gloves and I found a vintage um nightgown Mm -hmm. um from like the 50s and I sold it for like over 50 dollars on Poshmark um, and good. yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, that's my favorite thing. If I, if I go in the store or I went to a church sale and I, I head straight for the vintage lingerie, that's usually my, I love, I love finding vintage lingerie. I sell it really well. I've, I found one piece that was new and it was a Neiman Marcus bridal collection piece from like the eighties mm-hmm. and, um, new with tags. And I, I paid around $4 for it and it sold for 80. So Great. I, I loved, I, I don't know. I just love that stuff. Even if it doesn't sell for a ton, it's, that's a, one of my biggest bread and butter, like outside of the brands that I like, it's, that's like a staple for me to find. So have you found any granny panties? <laughs> I haven't found any that are the real good ones. I found, I did find a pair of like, it was like black and floral, like a dark floral pattern. And, um, they were a decent size as well. And I put those up and I think I paid 75 cents for them and, or, or maybe 25 cents. I'm, I'm not sure. It was at my, my, my honey hole, my like local thrift store that I absolutely love. And they have a 75% off. Like every week there's one color that's 75 and one color is 50%. And so it was the 75% off one. And I know I paid, it was under 75 cents and I think I sold it for around 30 I want to like 35 maybe. So like there, there was that, you know, but, um, I, I like bodysuits. Um, I sell those pretty well. You know, if I find a vintage bodysuit in a larger size, I like to get those. Well, and with fashion, it's just a cycle. Everything comes back, you know? So I don't understand the nineties coming back. (laughs) Well, and I don't, I don't feel like bell bottoms were a great idea in the seventies, but you know, some people want them and they just yep. want to dress that way. And that's good for us. But <laughs> I mean, you don't have to like it to sell. Right. Them. No. Yep. 
I I love to pick up the ugly stuff, stuff I'd never, or like I see something and I'm like, that's cool. I would never wear that personally, but that's cool. And someone will like it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I'll tease so- my husband sometimes. I'll bring something home and I'll be like, I got this for me. And he's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Well, we'll just see about that. (laughs) So you said clothes and shoes. What other um, categories do you sell in? Um, I don't know a lot about most everything, but I know a little bit, you know, um, and so I, I have like, I, I mean, I do, I do everything as long as it's not too big. Cause I have limited storage at our new home. So, um, I do like certain glass things, but I don't do a ton of it. I had a friend of mine who actually, she had inherited a hoarder's house, basically. Like it was their neighbor and she had no one to leave things to. So she gave it all to them. And she gave me the remnants of their leftover garage sale stuff that they didn't sell. And there was like silver jewelry, which I I got into jewelry after that. I really loved that. Um, Lots of beautiful like vintage QVC brand type silver jewelry. Um, and then she also had a ton of Blanco art glass. So I started learning more about art glass from that. Sold off everything within months, probably. Um, and then I like pottery a lot. That was one of my favorite courses in college. Um, as an art major, you had to do everything. So I feel like I can at least with artwork, I look at things and I'm like, oh, that's oil. Oh, that's a lithograph. You know, I can kind of differentiate. I don't do a ton of it. I like to buy it and keep it in my own house. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, but yeah, I like pottery pieces. Um, So I'm still learning a little bit about that. And then I actually just bought a book at a garage sale the other day. And it was like all the 90s nostalgia toys. Um, So I've been trying to get back in. I've been trying to get more into that. Um, Some things I'll find and it's like just by chance that I come across it. But um, I like I found uh, my my hundred dollar for this month was or one of them was um, a hacky sack and they have not paid yet. But I found it Thursday uh, at a garage sale. I listed it that night. It sold by Friday for a best offer of a hundred dollars. So I'm hoping that they pay, they have good feedback. I'm, I'm hoping that they're just, I don't know. But, so what um, was special about it? That it, it was, it was, um, 1984 is what the package said. It was just a original hacky sack in packaging, still in packaging. Um, and it was at a sub sale and I was going around. So I was stopping at every place, even if it didn't look like it had much, and that one, it had a lot of gardening stuff. And I thought, well, I'll get some stuff for my garden at least. If I if I don't find anything here for reselling, I'll find something for myself. And I looked around and I was like, oh, I could get that if I wanted to, but I don't have room in my car for this or that. And she had one bin on the ground and um, there was like a few things new in package. So I started looking through that just to see what was in there. And that was like right on, you know, right off to the side in the corner. And I was like, okay, well, there's nostalgia and it's new. That's got to be, you know, that's got to be 10 to $20 and she only wants a dollar for it. Like I'll, I'll make a little bit on it, you know, just give me something vintage to list. Um, and then I went to pay her and she almost like, she kind of laughed at me when I was like, Oh, like that's what you found here to buy. You know, it's, it's one of those things when you do a garage sale, it's the most random things that you don't expect to sell that sell. Right. And that's kind of what she was, I think feeling like, of course, that's the thing that's going to sell. And I didn't even scan it until I bought it. And I was walking to my car and I text my friend and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to cry, throw up or laugh. I'm so excited right now because the sold comps were like 80 to 140. 
And um, so I listed mine for 140 and someone sent me an offer of 75 and I countered at 115 and they came up to 100. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. I'll take a $100 quick flip. Um, and also, seriously, in the back of my mind, when I have something listing for over 100, I'm like, ooh, $100 sales. Like I can put it in that listing if it sells for 100. <laughs> so for that item, I was like, we're not going under 100. I know I can get it. <laughs> Well, I didn't realize that thread was so. It's such a motivator. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Now, um, to backtrack, explain what Hacky Sack is for people who might know. Well, I mean, I know it was a big thing even, you know, in the 90s when I was growing up. So it definitely has a following, but it's just the little ball that you, you know, you're supposed to use your feet and you can bounce it off your body too but it's like I think it's beans or something similar yeah, to it is the filling some kind of like it's almost like a little beanbag chair yeah it's tiny it'll fit your hand <laughs> and I just remember bag. people standing in circles mm-hmm. this in like you can't touch it with your hands right and you, you kick it with the like your insides of your feet foot. yep yeah, yeah. keep it going as long as you can it was I mean it was like playing frisbee or yeah. something you do outside or inside I guess yeah but um, I have not. Yeah, we did that, that a lot in decades. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one was. It had um, original pigskin. Um, yeah, and it was and it was new and packaged, and I could not believe it. I thought like one of my friends, um, someone I met recently. I homeschool, and my daughter goes to a co-op, and she has. They have a brick and mortar store, but they've been selling on eBay for years, and so she does toys only. They only do vintage. Well, I think they do current toys as well, but they do primarily vintage toys. And so I've been following along their store, trying to glean information. And I, I saw that too and went, oh, Melanie would love this, I think. Oh, that's your daughter? <laughs> so, uh, no, it's it's my friend that sells the vintage toys. Like oh, okay. That they sell the vintage toys. Oh, I just thought like, they're going to, I feel like they'd know this or something. But even then I told her about it and she seemed kind of shocked. So I was like, okay, maybe it's uh, something that not everyone knows. So and yeah, for some, it, when I saw it, it also like something clicked and I was like, I think I've heard this. I can't say which reseller I've heard it from, but I feel like I've heard this somewhere along the line. But yeah, I mean, for a dollar and it's brand new and the n- nostalgia is selling right now. So it, it really is. And um, Julie, who was on the podcast talking about uh, vintage postcards, mm-hmm. she used the phrase buying back your childhood. Mm, and yeah. that is exactly what's happening because it's the most weird and random things. Like I sold some party supplies, like the plates and the hats and the characters were called Wuzzles, W-Z-Z-L-E-S. And mm. I looked at that at the thrift store and it was from the late eighties or early nineties. And I just got it because um, I'd never seen that before. I'd never heard of these characters and they sold within a week. I put it yeah. in a set and they sold within a week for $30. <laughs> and, you know, somebody remembers that, wants to yeah. you know, have that for nostalgia, use it at their own child's party, you mm-hmm. know, create one of their birthday parties with their kid or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I don't really have to know why it sold, but right. You know, Anything nostalgic that's um, late 80s and early 90s kids had is popular. Yeah. Yeah. I've been um, 
I think I've almost fully made my way through a bunch of Garfield stuff that one of my friends, like she grew up and it was like, her mom was one of those people, like she liked Garfield. So that's all she ever got her was Garfield stuff. And mm-hmm. we were, it was right before we sold our old house. And so we were in the middle of a move. So it took me a little bit of time to finally get to it. But she was like, Hey, I have a ton of Garfield stuff. Would you sell it? Like, would you want it? It's just going to get donated. If not, you know, they were having their second baby, I think. And she's like, we need space. And, um, so I said, oh, yeah, you can bring your stuff by. I could not believe how much stuff. It was just so much. And then that was some surprising sales in there as well. Just, you know, that people would pay for, I thought Garfield was like so generic, you know. And there were a few things in there that were generic, just regular plushes and stuff like that. And the books. And I just lotted up the books. I, I She had like one through like 40 or something like that. And so I did like one through 10 is a lot. And then, you know, she might have had some overlaps. So I'd do like nine through 20 or, you know, whatever it was and um, sold them all off pretty quickly. I, I've been selling them off for like the last two years. It took two years. It's been a lot of stuff, um, like collector mugs from it. And there was a hamper one like it had you hang it from your door and his arms were making like the hamper hoop. And uh-huh. it was like a basketball net type thing to collect the clothes in. I sold that. Um, and then just recently, like in within this year, I was going through our garage and just unpacking a few more boxes that have just been sitting out there. And I came up, I was like, oh my gosh, another Garfield box. You've got to be kidding me. So <laughs> I, uh, I opened it up and there was a lamp in there. And I think I shared that in a separate post because I sold that on Etsy. Um, and I sold it for like $175. Um, and I think that was including shipping because I usually do including shipping there. And it was funny because they were selling for more like $100 plus shipping on eBay. So I did get a little bit more for it, um, but I couldn't believe that. Like, I, how how has this been in this box for two years? And I just now found it. And I had no idea what I, you know, I had no idea that I had this big chunk of money just sitting here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that one was, it was a gooseneck style lamp and the the lamp part is just Garfield's face and uh-huh. uh, and it gets very hot. We put like a 25 watt bulb bulb in it and it was still like super cause it's ceramic. <laughs> it was so hot. It was like, I put in my listing, please be really careful with this. <laughs> this gets really, really hot. <laughs> and all of us Gen Xers and baby boomers are, you know, kicking ourselves for stuff <laughs> we got rid of that. How could we have possibly known 40 yeah. years ago that this thing would be highly sought after. Um, in high school, my thing was Ziggy and Snoopy. Oh yeah. I, Snoopy. Just yeah. well ever my whole life as a kid, Snoopy, but um, yeah, I had like Ziggy calendars and a, you know, little desk set. I have and, a Ziggy cross point or cross cross point cross stitch. Um, little yeah, that, kit that I was, found recently. It was fun because he was, <laughs> He was like negative a lot of the time. Like you <laughs> see him standing under the dark cloud on, you know, some calendars or notebook or something. And um, I don't know. He was he was just popular too. So um, but yeah, I've got some Garfield stuff for sale in my store, a couple of plush and one with suction cups. You stick it on the window yeah. of your car or what wherever you want to stick it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I always pick those up because, um, Hey, they're not making the vintage ones anymore. <laughs> I think a lot of them are made in Korea. You know, if you see yeah. that, then, you know, bef- 
not made in China, but made in right. China or Bangladesh or Sri Lanka, those countries where manufacturing moved around. Right. Uh, you can figure out the age of it. Yeah, I put a lot of it in our, like, not a lot, but there was like the random little things left over from her stuff I put out at the garage sale. And the first the first person that came up on Thursday morning, first day of the first, <laughs> first hour of the first sale, the guy comes up and he, he sees, Oh, you've got Garfield. And like, he starts putting, he's like, do you have a box? Cause it was a few of random mugs and stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah, I do. And he starts putting everything on the table. That was Garfield. And I was like, well, shoot, I would have brought all the other little things that are, that I have listed. If I had known someone was going to come and buy all of it in one go, right, exactly. <laughs> here you go. He gave me all my money. And I was like, okay, that. Garfield, like that stinking Garfield, man. (laughs) Yeah. Since you are a stay at home mom and how old are your kids now? Uh, almost seven and then four. Okay. So you got everybody potty trained. Um, they're probably maybe the four-year-old still in a car seat, but, um, you've, you've worked past a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I he was a newborn when I started. So how as a stay-at-home mom, you juggle everything. What kind of advice would you give to other moms that are like, I don't feel like I have time to do this, which if you don't, then don't do it because that time is golden. You can't go back and raise your kids. Right. But yeah. you seem to fit it in. Well, it's been a slow growing period. This year is going to be my best year. Um and I, I mean, a big, a big part of it was my mom um, being able to help. So at our old house, we lived a mile away. And um, with my son, when he was a newborn, she would come get my daughter for like, you know, up until nap time, like she'd come in the morning and pick her up and take her. And then we would, um, I would work and I'd like, I would nurse him. And while I was nursing, I would be editing photos or doing a listing And then I would lay him down for his nap and I'd be streaming on the TV while taking photos right there in the living room. Mm -hmm. And it was just like a cycle. And so I built my store up really quickly, but it was because I either had my mom or I had a mother's helper there taking care of my daughter because she was two and a half. So, um, and, and then it's just been, there's been a lot of support going along. And um, as the years have gone, especially this year, my husband has really, um, he's been able to be more supportive because he's been home more. So like if he's home from work, um, then, you know, he takes over, he's taken over homeschooling a couple times with my daughter. Um, and so there's that kind of thing, um, just juggling, like really time, time management, um, it, which is not my strong point at all. Um, <laughs> sometimes I can hyper-focus too much on the reselling. So I just kind of, it, I kind of lean into those days. If I have the ability to really work, I really work. And then if I have to take off several more days after that, then that's okay. And um, just being willing to take the time off when I need to. Um, this year has been a lot easier to do that. And I've gone back to, um, I had stopped scheduling listings when I like got the store and then they start, we're charging you. I was like, well, I'm not paying for that this year. I was like, I'm just going to pay for it. And then they took it away. So it doesn't even matter anymore. Meaning um, that you're not charged. If yeah. You're, you're not charged to schedule listings and anymore. So I've been really charged to put them in the folder, but that's true. If right. They- automatically went out. Right. And so I would, I would schedule them and I would go in before it would actually post. And I would, I would list it myself and I would skip that charge. 
Um, and then I found out from my friend, like, they're not even charging anymore. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's a help. So I've been leaning into that more. Um, and then just, yeah, just doing what I can on the days that I'm able to is big. And also not sleeping, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we all need that. <laughs> yeah, I think that comes with being a mom of little kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else you're doing. But my I, daughter's really helpful I, too. She she'll entertain. They play together so well, and they'll entertain each other. And like the other day, even I was up in my office, and she's like, "I don't want to play outside anymore," but Todd does. And I said, "Well, that's okay. You sit in the dining room and you color, do what you want to do at the dining room table, and I'll just keep asking you how he's doing." <laughs> so he just stood out there at the water table. He was just playing with the water, and you know, like it it's they're really, they're really good kids. It's, they're not the ones that like sneak around and do things behind your back. You know, they might make a big mess with their toys, right? but they're not like destructive. Usually there's, there's been moments, but it's, it's not, not something that I have to worry too much. They're pretty self-reliant, self-sufficient and uh, it helps. It does help. Good. Good. (laughs) You really seem like you have a good balance. It may not seem that way to you, but it seemed, you know, based on what you are accomplishing every day with being a mom, taking good care of your kids, being a good wife, taking care of your house and eBay on top of that. I mean, that's, that's a lot. So I commend you and you are fortunate to be doing this uh, stay-at-home mom gig Yes, time where you have so much support online. Yeah, blogs and there's Facebook groups and Mm -hmm. there's, um, you know, Instagram with all the, where is it? Instagram. Yeah. And TikTok TikTok with all like (laughs) funny things my kid did. So you don't feel like (laughs) isolated, you know, right. My kids were born in 94 and 96. So the internet was kind of just getting started and we didn't have all this, you know, look up a recipe and, you know, how to get your kid to sleep through the night and all these things. (laughs) I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Well, you know, but you could at least find some answers quickly. Yes. Any problem. And I love that for your generation because um, it's just available to you if you want to research things and it's, you know, you don't have to, go to the doctor for everything and, you know, call them and talk to the nurse, you know, okay, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? <laughs> when to go to the emergency room? You know? <laughs> so, uh, okay. And it's always um, at 10 at night. <laughs> yeah, We're on a holiday. Mine always yep. it, got some injury on a holiday. So, um, okay, well, I'm going to let you go and get back to your busy day. And thanks again for making time to come on the podcast and talk about your business. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been great. We'll see you on the hundred dollar threads every month. No pressure. (laughs) That's the goal. (laughs) Okay. It's out there for the world. So. Right. Okay. Bye. Bye. And thanks again, Emily, for agreeing to come on the podcast and be grilled with questions. (laughs) I'm really interested in other sellers businesses and I know my audience is too so thank you again Emily I appreciate you coming on okay today's trivia question what is the history of liquid paper when was it invented and by who here's a few seconds to think about it
Okay, the inventor was named Betty Nesmith Graham. In 1951, she worked for a banker in Texas and had a problem. With lots of typewritten documents to produce every day, mistakes can and will happen. How can they be corrected without having to retype a page from scratch every time? This sharp and inventive secretary came up with a solution. After observing some painters at work, she realized she could use paint, a special formulation for the typewritten page, to cover up mistakes and type right over them once it was dry. She experimented by mixing various chemicals in a kitchen blender until she came up with a product that would help typists worldwide. She called it Mistake Out, but it would become better known by its official brand name, Liquid Paper. She founded the Liquid Paper Company and by 1967 was selling over 1 million units of the amazing stuff per year. She sold her company to Gillette in 1979, receiving nearly $48 million for it. She died in 1980. Interesting side note, she is also the mother of the famous musician and songwriter Mike Nesmith of The Monkees. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, and that concludes episode 116. Next week, my guest is Steve, who is on his second round with eBay with amazing results. And ladies, you will love his voice. A wonderful voice for radio. He's actually a singer and musician on the side. Thank you for joining us, and I will see you next week. Happy selling, everybody. Bye.